Hi, welcome to The Incompatibles. I'm Lori. I'm Baron. I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I take my time. I get it done. I lean left. I lean right. I'm a dreamer. I like reality. I can read emotions. I know how to read a map. How do incompatibles make a life together? We've done it for 40 years. All right, so you're a lawyer. I'm a psychologist. I care about people. (laughs) You care about people, too. Yeah, 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 I know. So I think one of our incompatibilities is the way we interact with other people, with each other in terms of sensitivity versus kind of... Problem solving. Okay, problem solving. I focus on the non-emotional aspect (laughs) of the conversation, whereas you are like the Deanna Troy from like the old Star Trek. You like soak up all the emotional energy in the room and translate it for everybody else. (laughs) It's true, which can be a challenge. We'll talk about that. Where does that skill come from? Because I have little of that. I've always been an observer, and I was sensitive as a child. I cried when I colored outside the lines. I was very aware of what people were thinking, feeling, big family. I was the one who kind of pulled back and observed. Okay. And then being a psychologist, I think I really honed the skill of listening beneath the words, like listening to the emotional content and was not being said. So while you attend to the very concrete what's being said. Concrete dense guys, I think how you described (laughs) me earlier in our relationship. Right. I'm aware of feelings. I'm aware of a lot of other things. So I think an example of when I feel like we're incompatible is Let's say we're dealing with a store clerk who is not really doing their job right or inconveniencing us. Yes. You will be more ready to confront the problem and... I I like to use the word solve. Solve, okay. Let's see if we can get to a solution together. Yes, although... That person may feel bad that they didn't happen to think about it or they weren't able to solve the problem without assistance. But I think the object is to solve the problem, not to engage in an emotionally satisfying experience, okay? (laughs) I'm thinking of a specific example. When you had turned away because, I don't know, hours or something in a place you wanted to be and you thought that they were kind of pulling something over on you. And I just wanted to kind of cower and disappear because of the way you were confronting the person. And I'm thinking, I don't care that much. I'd rather preserve the person's feelings or the relationship. Yeah, I get that. You're going to get to that quicker than I am. But let me remind you that (laughs) when we went to the hotel and they didn't have our room ready and our children was like one in the morning and we laying around in the lobby for like yes. two hours. Yes. And the next day you're like, well, okay, we got a room. <laughs> I'm like, no. They were like, well, we're going to comp your room. I said, no, we're, what we want is one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And they also gave us one, two, three, yeah, four, five. Yeah, we got five a beautiful because room. Because we asked. Yes. No, but we got more than that. Yeah. So it was an appropriate conversation. It was an appropriate ask. I don't think you want to go overboard, but you have to defend yourself. I still 
still want to hide though when you ask for it. Maybe well, I'll get that. I know you're not you're not as open to confrontation as I am. The yeah. fact that somebody's uncomfortable with the conversation to me that's an opportunity. I think I thrive in chaos and going into when people are upset. You know, I'm okay with that. You can be upset. Yeah, and in a way, I admire that because I think that it it makes it hard if you're trying to preserve people's feelings. It, it can be a boundary issue because it's not my job necessarily to do their side of the thing, you know, of the conversation, of the interaction, of no, the it exchange. Isn't. I mean, and yet I will take that on. So I think the fact that you can kind of let the person be uncomfortable can be a strength. Well, I'm not letting them do that. I have no control over that person. Uh, I have no responsibility to them. Right. Other than okay. Treat them with dignity and to be respectful and to be like a normal person. Okay. I don't mean being uncivil. You can be civil and still ask for what you want. You know, yes. I don't think the fact that you're asking for something makes you a jerk. You have to be able to ask in a way which gets both parties to the resolution that works best. And sometimes that means asking. And if you don't ask, you're not going to get anything. Right. Okay. There are times when your intensity, the lawyer in you, comes yeah. out. Yeah, that's part of the skill is being able <laughs> it to is, talk it is. in a reasonable way, but maybe you change the tone of your voice, yeah. maybe change how you emphasize words. That's just the way you use your ability. Okay, and I do think there are times that that is effective. I've seen it, and I definitely have enjoyed the benefits. For example, when we were screwed out of our hotel with young children, and you got us in a beautiful penthouse, you know, it was great. But I think that there are times when actually it can work better sure to engage a person and be aware of what they need from the interaction and maybe what they need is saving face they may need that that's exactly right you may need to figure out where the negotiation needs to go mm-hmm. so you can both get what you want now the other person wants it to be over yeah. and they want it <laughs> that's to be, true with you that's right they want it to be over <laughs> and they want true. they want the interaction <laughs> to uh, you know end with some result where they can feel like they've they just want you to leave job. that's okay you know what I mean, you know what? You promised X, you've delivered Y. We need to get back to X as close as possible. So we're going to stay here until that happens. And the fact that you're uncomfortable and you haven't thought of all solutions, I'm okay with that. I can sit here with that lack of comfort for a can. while well, until we get there. Now, yeah. I'm not going to scream in your face. I'm not going to be a jerk to you, but you are definitely going to know what my needs are. <laughs> That th- is something about trusting the adversarial process, too, yes. maybe? Is that, yeah. you think that comes into that? Because yeah. that's kind of a weird model for a psychologist to think about because... Yeah, talk about that. Yeah. With the psychologist, I mean, I see both parties as responsible to kind of tune in to each other's needs. But with an adversarial process, you're arguing your own side as well as you can, trusting that the other person's arguing their own side as well as they can. Yes. In fact, I think I've learned that from you, which is why I argue with you um, You're good at it. <laughs> quite You've well, You've gotten now. so much better. <laughs> yes, I have. You are. And there's something yeah. rather liberating about being able to not do your part, because I know you're going to do it. Right. <laughs> you're going to take care of yourself. Well, at the same time, you've helped me understand that, you know, I need to maybe move in a different direction or approach something completely different. Let's just not say anything, right? Let's right. be quiet. Mm. Pay yes, attention please. to the emotional content in the room. What emotions are happening right now? How does that person feel? How mm. can I help them feel better or at least, you know, move them away from where they're at to something better? And 
there certainly are times when confrontation isn't the way you want to go. Right. You want to build consensus. You want to just, maybe you just want to step away, right? You want to leave a void and come back to it. You want to right. just retreat and then, you know, strategically and then come back. You think about that. We'll come back in 20 minutes. You know, leave that person alone to let them do their job and come back in 20 minutes. Say, hey, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Maybe we can sort it out later. That might work. Absolutely. Especially with somebody, you know, who's in a service job and they really need time for you to just step away. Mm-hmm. So between you and me, I think there can be some challenge there, right? I think I still, even though I know you and I'm comfortable arguing with you, yeah. I think I want you to sometimes just figure it out. You want to just rely on my problem solving? Or no, I want you to figure out what I want. Yeah, that's the eternal ask from every wife in history okay why doesn't the husband know what i want he's supposed to know what i want okay that is not true all right i get the dream okay i think both genders have that well yeah yeah. oh my god (laughs) no every guy right now driving is like oh yeah i've felt that before So I get it. I get it. You know, I would love it if you knew that when I walked in that I wanted these five things, right? In fact, what we used to do when I'd come home from work, back when the kids were little, I said, just let me sit for like five Mm -hmm. minutes before you ask me for something. Yeah. Because you had a list of things that you had me (laughs) ready to, to, uh, you were going to hand off to me when I walked in the door. So I just, I would like, just let me sit for five minutes. Oh, that's when I was home with babies? Yeah. Right. And that... And mm-hmm. you were like, okay, that sounds good. And you, But you listened to me because it was hard when I walked in after working all day and then you would give me a list of a honey-do list right when I you know, came through the door and that's a little tough. Mm-hmm. But I could adjust, you know, play with the kids a little bit first. I always wanted to play with the kids first and then do the honey-do stuff after that. And I think we negotiated that, but it took a little bit of awareness yeah. for us to learn. Okay. So there is the old mind-reading wish that I think at some (laughs) level everybody has a bit of a need for. The thing is, is that there is this idea that to ask for it diminishes, you know, that somehow... Well, it definitely blows up the myth and the mythology around men who somehow are able to absorb telepathically the needs of their wives and to tune in their emotional state and somehow satisfy that need oh through God. awareness. I mean, come on. Oh, no, you talk about, come on. you know, yeah, unconditional. Yeah, but there is a place. About, okay, a wait, wait. There is a place for remembering what people's preferences are and Absolutely. tending to them. Yeah, okay. but it doesn't, yeah, but I think it's helpful to not create that expectation that somehow the partners disappointed you because they didn't realize X, Y, and Z and you needed that Mm -hmm. and they should have known. Okay? You got a little intensity in your voice there. You have some feelings about this? Not that strong. Actually, I think we're pretty good about it. I think initially when we were in our relationship, this certainly was a conversation. I think every couple has this conversation. So, I think it's good to just initially state what you want and then hopefully they'll remember. Now, that's the other side of it. If they keep forgetting, that's another conversation. Right. We're hearing from you that this show is leading to great conversations. Visit incompatiblespodcast.com, donate, and keep the conversations going. So I think the other thing that I think we're different in is that remember our son (laughs) responding to me. I like to be asked. 
if I would do something, not told. Oh, that's clear. Okay. Okay, okay, right? Go ahead. And even if it's really important to me, I'm probably going to ask to give you an opportunity to even offer it. I think that you are... I'm losing the thread here, so I'm not sure what you're saying. Sorry. Go ahead. Try again. <laughs> See, this is why it's hard for guys, okay? I don't know what you're saying. Okay. What do you want me to What's do? What's with the guys? You are acting like all guys are the same. All guys are not the same, but I'd say there's a preponderance of guys who are really want to know what you're talking about right now. So okay. go ahead. I'll go back to, we did write a book about raising boys, and there were some differences just based on some hearing differences in young children, right, that girls felt yelled at, and I can feel that when you might be just using a normal volume and guys can lose the thread because of possibly that kind of hearing or that auditory sensitivity. Okay. So your desire is that people would ask you instead of yes. tell you to yes. do something. I think that's fair. I think most people would prefer to be asked than told because telling implies a power relationship as opposed to a partnership. Right. I do remember when our son, though, I asked him to do something. He said, do I have a choice? And I said, no. And he said, then why are you asking me? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, that was interesting. That was like fair. So I, I think there is that where you want things very clear, concrete, direct, I want there to be a little wiggle room so I can feel like I'm actually doing it out of my own free will. In a general way, it makes sense that you would want to have control over each of your actions throughout the day. However, life requires us to do things on schedule sometimes, <laughs> and you don't actually get a choice. You have to pay your taxes well, on a certain day. Okay. You have to do something or there's going to be consequences. Now, maybe you're willing, you're saying, I don't care what the consequences are, it's my choice. I think they're just more mundane things during the day. They have to take place, okay? You want to mail something, the mail carrier is going to come at a certain time. If you don't get it in the mailbox, you're going to miss it. So you don't get to have a big emotional journey about that, or you just have to put it in. <laughs> the mailbox. So what are the touch points for you when you want more control versus you just have to suck it up and do something? Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah. You're hesitating. See, this is the incompatibility. Okay. Mm -hmm. These are the moments where I need something to happen. Especially when it comes to like, you know, okay, the the exit's coming up in a quarter mile. I need oh, to know. Okay, so that's oh, one thing. this is a great uh, example. Right. Okay. Yes, we're driving along, right? Yeah. And you have really good sense of direction. I don't so much. So sometimes, though, you want GPS. But you don't tell me until we're, like, approaching the exit. And no, then you no, want no. It. You have plenty of time. <laughs> no. It's just that you have to come out of your reverie and back <laughs> to the world where you have to engage with a physical object and get the GPS. Now, I give you plenty of warning, but no, to you it seems like not no, enough. No, no, no. That's that's no, an incompatibility. You do not give me a plenty of. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you like I need to give you like a ten mile heads up. Yeah. For you to get like the exit number. Yeah. Tell me when we're going there that you're probably gonna need some assistance. <laughs> so. so you're sensitive and I'm a problem solver, also known as insensitive. Ins- <laughs> I was wondering was if you're gonna impl- use that. That was word. the implied that statement right, there. Yeah. Right. The implication. Well, is you that know, I'm I've written about narcissism, and that is really a good example of when it helps to not be so sensitive because somebody who's narcissistically wired and especially in a really 
exploitive kind of way. Yes. If you are too too tuned in and responsive, responsive and trying to take care of them, you're screwed. You wrote the only winning move is not to play. So I get that as well. So that's where I think I feel like, okay, I'd like to borrow your insensitivity sometimes. Problem solving skills. (laughs) You can substitute that. Just do like a global replace in your mind when that comes up. And when do you feel like you might want to borrow my sensitivity? I remember one time time I was talking to to a coworker. And what I thought was a normal voice, mm. and I was just sort of declarative sentences and just mm. normal tone. Yeah. And I noticed, like, what <laughs> felt really bad. You know, she started to her eyes started getting you know moist, and I'm oh, like, no. oh my gosh, I'm like, I, I like stop talking. I'm like, okay, you know, please, no, I'm right. sorry. I, I didn't mean to like. You know, I'm not raising my voice. I really, you know, and I just had to dial it back. Yeah, yeah. Because I was clearly impacting her in a way I did not intend, right? Mm. And I wasn't. I was just having a no- what I thought was a normal yeah. conversation in a normal tone. But to her, um, and because of her background, you know, that was yeah. not normal. It was actually too loud and right. kind of aggressive. So I was like, wow, that I need, that was a good education. But I did dial it back. and I, I, I was aware of it. But that's reading the room and understanding <laughs> the emotional content. Absolutely a skill you've helped me with. Yeah. And it's great to have you in the room because I can always look at you and ask you questions. <laughs> and, and you can you can say, giving... okay, that's an emotion. And <laughs> you're having an emotion and this is what it's called. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Anyway. So that's always been helpful. Yeah. I think that's interesting because I, I do think that sometimes you're not aware of how that intensity comes off. And I, I think that... Um, you know, <laughs> I think we've talked about this, that you, at times when you have not been doing courtroom work, I have told you, you need to be in the courtroom because I, I think it's play for you sometimes too, to just fire off, just get in that space where there's an adversarial process going on. I'll, I'll admit to that. Yeah. I, I absolutely, if I'm away from something too long that I feel comfortable with, I want to get back to it and maybe mm-hmm. it seems unusual mm-hmm. for others. You want to be using your talents in the right venue, in right. the right atmosphere. And it's easy for anyone, I think, to misunderstand where they're at or misuse their skills if they're not paying attention. So it is helpful for me when you tell me to dial it back <laughs> or you give me, you know, whatever. You, what is it? Holster. That's the word. You tell me to holster. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's a good word. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right? Right. I think that's kind of establishing the ground rules sometimes. Like if we're arguing, it's like, okay, that tone is too... Yeah, intense too much, and I'm not uh, I'm not can't be fully in the room with that tone or whatever and so we have to adjust I suppose for me I sometimes I have to be more clear and more instead of elliptical elliptical right, right. and so yeah or freeze you out <laughs> either one not yeah freezing or speaking like a zen master you know that's in cones like, when, yeah I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad that I have you as a partner because it's made my life so much more enjoyable, wonderful, and uh, I've been blessed to have you as a partner for a wife for almost 40 years. Yeah. And even though we are incompatible in many ways, our compatibilities, our love for each other, 
surmount all that. And I think that if everybody is willing to give their partner a chance and to listen to their other person's story and thoughts and feelings about what they think are important, maybe they'll find a way together. Well, I think you just need to fight. (laughs) Just need to fight? Okay, talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I mean, of course, yes. You respect key. And I think actually good fighting is, you know, happens when two people respect each other. Absolutely. And there's that ground, that framework. (laughs) I see a lot of relationships where no conflict, no conflict until the person walks out the door because they're so pissed off. You know, I don't always like to fight, and I don't always like the way we fight. I don't think we always do it. I mean, we certainly don't always do it elegantly. And yet, for me, I feel like it's the best way to get it out there and to negotiate our differences to kind of make, I don't know, make the unconscious conscious. We can see each other better when we both are kind of there in full force. When your personality is fully present and mine is. Yeah, personality, right. I like what Phyllis Diller said, you know, don't go to bed angry, stay Stay up up and and fight. fight. Yep. 